welcome to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. I hope everyone is having a great start to their week. I've been a little distracted between all the new music and frankly new Star Wars ahead, especially with Galaxy's Edge opening just an hour away from where I live. Um... I, speaking of which, I saw Charlie Bliss on the Star Wars show, which is an awesome web series if you're into all things a galaxy far, far away. I'll put it that way. And now I'm totally unpacking different songs of theirs that relate to the sequel trilogy. And, like, I don't know, several of them make me think of Kylo Ren and Rey. And I know that's mega nerdy. But what else would you really expect from me? I'm not a Raylo fan, but I can see some parallels here with some of the heavier, darker relationship storytelling that's packed into um, Charlie Bliss's new record, Young Enough. So I don't know. I can't help it. I love thinking about music and how it relates to my fandoms and stuff. So with that, those of you listening, I totally want to challenge you to tweet at me what songs make you think of Star Wars or like any geeky sort of stuff like comic books or tv shows you know you know what fandoms i'm talking about and it can be by any artist but of course bonus points if they fit kind of the whole diverse background that we talk about all the time here on this podcast so yeah on on that note i am totally riding a galactic hype so give me your thoughts indulge me if you don't mind because your girl is geeking out. <laughs> but um, anyway, on to this week's episode. Uh, this week I'm joined by a solo artist, Kennedy Shaw. Kennedy has written a personal time capsule in her first record, Girl Almighty, that digs into her high school years and the growth that she's accomplished. Now she's at it again with her new single and really badass music video, Boys. Kennedy and I talked about growing up, finding yourself expressing yourself through art, and so much more. So with that, let's hear some more of Kennedy's music and then get into the interview. Complain about your ex Drive me home for an hour Can't help but feel like weight on your chest From all you tell me Can't find the words to say 
Well, welcome Kennedy to Angry Girl Music at the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are things going? Going good. I'm, I'm very tired, very busy, but can't complain. <laughs> hey, that's always good. You're based out of Philly, right? Yeah, I'm at home in Jersey for the summer, though. Oh, nice. Are you in school then in Philadelphia, or? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that's... I'll be there full-time after this summer. Oh, awesome. That's exciting. That's an exciting time to be in. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Um, so I've got so much I want to talk to you about. You have really awesome music. I am just a fan of how much you put in for yourself. It's so well-written. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. How'd you kind of first get involved in music? Um, I started singing when I was really, really young. I got lessons when I was seven. Mm -hmm. And um, I would sing like Christian music, um, at, like recitals. And my family's not religious at all. So it was kind of weird. <laughs> but um, and I played piano since I was like, extremely young. But um, I took a little bit of lessons for that. I mostly taught myself. And by the time I was like 10, I started performing at coffee houses um, and poetry readings. Oh, wow. Bars and stuff and um, really bad performances. They're still on YouTube. Like, <laughs> people, like people can access like the worst parts of my childhood. Um, but yeah, that's how it started. And I just never stopped. That's so neat. I always like to kind of ask different artists just in general, you know, like there's always that one song or that one artist that got you really excited to start writing your own music. Do you remember who that might have been for you? Oh, actually a lot. It sounds funny, but like hearing um, old Maroon 5 on the radio, like taught me a lot about song structure. <laughs> I believe it. Those were actually like really well written, like pop songs, like songs about Jane era. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Tori Amos, my mom listened to ever since I can remember. And like watching a woman like rock out on piano definitely triggered something deep inside of me. <laughs> I believe it. Sometimes when you just see somebody who looks like you out there just like kicking ass or whatever you're doing, you want to do, it just, it motivates you to try. Yeah. And there needs to be more uh, people that look like everyone mm -hmm. you know, from inspiration. I strongly believe that if I didn't see, Tori Amos and like Fiona Apple doing their thing, I don't think I would have been able to do mine. That's really great that you had that right in front of you and kind of got you excited. Um, you kind of write to so many different sounds, it seems like in your music. Um, how would you kind of describe your sound? I, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm still finding it. Um, yeah. I like to play with like pop music and like synths. Recently, I've been playing with a lot of that stuff. Um, but I always go back to piano. I also play guitar and bass. So I like to mess around with like guitar pedals and like stuff like that. But um, I don't know, I guess my sound changes every day. Right now I'm kind of into like pop, but like pop that still sounds authentic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, almost some that like, uh, there's been a lot more of like the indie pop that's been more, uh, it's got that blend of like the synthy with kind of like their classic instrumentals to some extent. Uh, yeah, I, I love indie pop. I'm kind of a fiend. <laughs> yeah, who are you obsessed with right now? So many Slater. Um, I don't. Do you listen to to them? Uh, I don't know if I'm familiar with Slater actually. You should. You should. They're not like super famous yet, um, but they're getting there. That's so exciting. Um, and. This isn't indie pop, but the first person that came to mind is Rico Nasty. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so many. I still listen to Paramore on a daily basis. Um. <laughs> hey, excellent reference point for music. That's for sure. There's a reason why they've been around this long. Yeah, for sure. What about you? What are you into recently? Oh, gosh. Um, so I'm obsessed with this UK band that was on an episode recently, Fresh. They are phenomenal. Um, and then a lot of bands that have been local to me in Florida have been like kicking ass. So like uh, Sleepless, Boston Marriage, um, and so many more. I could probably rattle off my entire state because everybody's just been killing it lately. But I have to, you reminded me of um, my friend Ethan Rapp. He mm -hmm. by um, Tommy Gunn. He just put out this single called I'm Baby and I cannot stop listening to it. I have yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I know. It's like for me, I get that question from so many people just like in, in casual conversation, like, what are you into? And I'm like, 
honestly, the best way to describe it is, is like, I'm into everybody who submits into the podcast lately. Cause I get so many submissions and there's always somebody new to explore. Yeah. That's so cool that you have like a constant like stream of like, um, flowing information at you. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. Cause I end up with like really unique stuff and I'm able to like just absorb what's out there that maybe I would not have been easily able to find on my own. So like, that's how I got excited about your music. Cause you sent it over to me and I'm like, this is great. I can't believe you actually responded. I wasn't <laughs> expecting to ever like actually talk to you. I do so many like cold like messages and like emails, like trying to like get myself out there. And like, I usually don't get responses. <laughs> Well, my biggest thing with getting guests on the podcast is I got to like your music and you got to be a cool person. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So um, you've had a lot of really great music that you've put together over time, kind of culminating to Girl Almighty. Um, What was it like for you to put together this full length record? It was um, a lot of things. It happened slow, um, Mm -hmm. a lot slower than I was expecting it to. I kind of just wanted to get everything like down and out kind of um plus I wrote these songs when I was like a freshman in high school oh wow I didn't really release it until I was a senior in high school so (laughs) it just kind of was like my high school experience um and listening to it now it I don't really know that person you know Um, oh that's interesting yeah it's and all of the things I talked about in the songs really happened I really jumped into a lake and tried to swim across it and almost drowned. Like I really, like all of that really happened. And um, I referenced like my friends and things. And I feel like it's kind of um, a little, almost too personal now listening to it. I kind of cringe sometimes and I'm like, uh, it's going to be out there forever. But um, the process of it was um, fun. It was just fun. I think that's the best way I could really express it. It was me and Bob Bowling audio who uh, helped me record everything. And um, we've been together since, since Makeout Machine when I was 15 and I went into the studio for the first time. Oh, wow. Time. And um, so he's like my dad almost at this point. We're, we're really close. He knows exactly what I want and, um, and I can kind of be bossy when I'm in the studio with him. So it, it makes me pretty happy. And we just kind of, we banged it out and it was, it was just fun. You know, we were just like messing around. It didn't feel like work or, or anything. It was good. <laughs> it's nice when you have somebody that you worked with over time and can like understand what you're talking about when you give like feedback or ideas and stuff along the way. Always on the same page. Like I don't even have to question. Yeah. It's, it's a really, um, you don't get relationships like that easily. Definitely. How long did it take for you to write and record all of it? Well, I wrote them when I was young and I performed them for years before I recorded them um Mm -hmm. so I won't even count that I guess recording I started in like I graduated high school early Mm -hmm. um so like January until August when it came out so like half a year like six months maybe nice it's kind of cool that you have sort of this like I I, almost like a multi-year book in the sense of that you can look back on with all these songs what was it like for you to kind of start to put them in this format to where you can kind of listen back and kind of capture these memories. I wrote them in chronological order and like put them on the album the way I wrote them. Mm-hmm. I wrote my freshman year and then um, Girl Almighty I wrote my senior year and like I just picked the best songs from like that I've written in those four years basically. Um, and so like listening back from start to finish which I haven't done in a long time. I don't know if I can <laughs> but Listening back, um, I think it it just, like, makes me very happy that I had the experience that, experiences I did. Um, I went to an art school, and I dated the guitar boy, and I, and I fought the, <laughs> more guitar boys, and, um, and I think I definitely figured out a lot of who I wanted to be in high school. Um, it definitely wasn't the best time of my life. I'd much rather be in college where I am now. Um, but I had the I had the guitar boy crush and where I would ride my bike around and cry because he liked the prettier girl. And I, I did everything you're supposed to do, I think, in high school. And um, listening to it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, because at that point, you kind of reflect on it and see how you've grown and changed since that time. I was a little nerdy in high school, I think. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't confident in myself. I thought I was ugly. I 
would just write songs in the music room and like keep to myself for the most part Mm -hmm. um and when I was talking to people I would blurt out like really like weird bizarre things or like (laughs) push-ups because I was nervous like that really happened um so I think um like listening to it now it just makes me laugh like I'm really proud of of the difference I've made since then Definitely. And I think it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I feel like part of the reason why I enjoyed your album so much and the way that you kind of have captured this part of your life, it's like, I can think back on it. I remember being just like that at like as a teenager in high school. And that was something that I really liked that it was connective in that sense. Yeah. And I think, thank you so much. And I, and I think that, um, I was, Usually in the movies, you see, like, the, like, the nerdy girl who, like, hates the popular girl, and then, you know, all of that, and there's, like, that weird rivalry, like, You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift, kind of. Yeah. I really wasn't like that. I, I loved all the, all the girls and wanted to be friends with them, and, like, you know, think, it just wasn't, it wasn't like you see in the movies, and I wanted to, like, make it feel real to, like, who I was at that time, and I don't think I could have made it any other way. Yeah, it's nice that you don't have the attitude of like, you know, pitting young girls against other girls in that sense. It's nice to have where it's like it's more about your experiences and how you feel and less so about like that that weird almost thing that happens sometimes in pop where it's like suddenly we have women against women, which is so unnecessary because that's not how it really is. Yeah, it's not like that in the real world. And that's something I had to figure out too. I think there was a time like early on in high school where I felt that way. Mm-hmm just because society makes you so ready to, to fight the girls around you for men's attention. Um, and it's so easy to fall into that trap. Um, that's what our school anthem, that song is really about for me. Mm-hmm. And um, cause I ended up, I ended up fist fighting a girl in my school. Oh, wow. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I mean, nothing really happened. I, it, it ended pretty badly with um, me fighting the boys instead. But um, <laughs> But um, I think that's a lesson that I had to learn that that kind of, I don't think the album would have been the same without it. Definitely. We all have to kind of unlearn all of that behavior and stuff. And it doesn't really matter how old you are. At some point, you're going to have to kind of confront this like weird lie that we've been fed by society that like, yeah, you know, we, we're supposed to be against each other. But it's great that you were able to kind of write and acknowledge that in your music. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I really like that you had so much growth in that time period and stuff. And like, I like that it culminates with the album title as well as like the, um, the song on the record, Girl Almighty and stuff. It feels like, you know, it's that self-actualization in that sense. Is that something that you were kind of going for when you named the record this? Um, kind of. Shortly after that fight that I mentioned, I had <laughs> a dream about it and, um, and the boy that that was involved in the fight said that he was boy almighty in my dream. Mm-hmm. So I woke up and like wanted to kind of like say something back to him, even though that wasn't really him, you know, mm-hmm. I, just, I felt like pissed off. And, um, and then I just wrote girl almighty and, and cried a lot. And um, I just felt like I really had no one that understood how it felt to, to be in a world where, you'll never be as good as the guitar boy, mm-hmm. you know, um, just like the, the epitome of rock music, like listening to Weezer and listening to Pavement and listening to all these bands of guitar boys and then being a girl who plays piano, who nobody's really going to take seriously. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that like horrible, like gut feeling of like, this will never work for me. Um, and I don't know if that's what I was going for for the closing track. It's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I felt like it was just the right way to end things because every song that came after that had nothing to do with the rest of the album. I really like that, you know, you own those feelings and such. And um, I hope that you're seeing that there are actually a lot of bands out there that are killing it on the keys right now that have no, no guitars totally, involved. Totally. It was just my little high school bubble was mostly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the best part of escaping high school is you finally get to see that there's more out there and it's like, oh, I'm okay. I'm not alone in a lot of the things that I'm thinking and feeling. 
Oh, yeah. The minute I I went to Philly, it was like my whole brain opened up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's cool that you were able to kind of close that chapter with Girl Almighty, though, and being able to kind of look at it. And I love so much of, like, how this record is structured because, like, the energy that you pump from the start into, like, foolery is so fun. And it's, like, I feel like I can just – I can just feel how excited you are about making this record. Thank you. I was. I was very excited. I was ready. That's so cool. And, like – the fact that you played with so many different sounds here in the record was so interesting to me because, like, Psycho felt like a indie rock song. Was that kind of something that you were trying to kind of go for with that one? Bikini Kill was my biggest reference. Yeah? Um, and Mitski. Um, two of, like, some of my favorite people, like, bands, like, artists and ever. Um, I was listening to a lot of Bratmobile, too. Nice. Um I want to make more songs like that. It's just difficult to like get them live. So I'm figuring that part out now. Yeah, definitely. And like, you're able to kind of play with so many like fuzzier sounds. Like you had a little bit more strings. It sounds like in that one, some drum and everything. Yeah. I played the bass on that. Um, I had nice. a guitar come in for that. Cause I'm, I play guitar, but I'm not incredibly confident with that yet. And um, we did synth stuff too. And I wish I could play drums. I'm I'm trying, <laughs> but maybe maybe for the next record I'll do some drums. That's so cool that you had a hand in like so much instrumentation for that song. I mean, you obviously wrote the parts and stuff, but um, what was it like for you to be able to play around with like these different instruments too in your recording space? So much fun. It was like being a kid in a candy store. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and. I think when uh, when more people are around, I get afraid of judgment. When I step away from the piano, I don't know if I'm, like, good enough to play something or, you know. But um, but going in there and just having it be me and Bob and picking up a bass and kind of, like, ripping it, it was, like, a good time. Yeah. Uh, it, definitely, it definitely gives you some self-confidence when you're able to write the parts for your work, perform them, teach other people what you want. And tell them, no, not this way, like, this way. And, like... It feels more like like you're the producer and the songwriter at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And it's like you got to feel really confident and powerful being able to be like, this is how you do it. This is how I wrote it, too. Yeah, yeah. It's And being able to do that when I was, like, 17 mm -hmm. um, was an experience that I don't think a lot of people get. So that was – it definitely made me ready to never want to stop. You know, you have moments in music where you are like, oh, I'm not making enough money or I'm not doing this. Like, I need to give up. But then you have moments where you're like in the studio and nothing else really matters except for getting this synth the right way. And then yeah. you finally get it. And then, of course, you're going to be a musician. What else would you be? Yeah, definitely. And like, it's really awesome that you were able to just kind of go all out on that song. And a lot of the songs on the record, they do have some of these other instruments to it, of course, and everything. That was just the one where I feel like you just exploded in that sense of having just like the, all these different sounds you get to play with. Thank you. It was so much fun too. It was a great time. Definitely. And like, I really like how, um, how like emotionally heavy some of these songs get, like I Can't Swim and even Magic and stuff. Can you kind of talk about what you kind of tapped into for writing those songs? Yeah, um, I wrote them in this room. And um, I was, my, my boyfriend at the time was in college and I was in high school. Mm -hmm. and he was, he didn't really make me feel bad about myself. I think it was more of me feeling um, like I wasn't ready for adulthood and being so close to it and having someone that I loved so much already kind of realizing that they're paying rent. Mm -hmm. They're doing things I'm not ready to do. I'm living with my parents. I'm a senior in high school and all I know how to do is play piano. And, um, and I think I was just really afraid. So I just wrote, I can't swim on a whim. And I sent it to him in a voicemail because the song was for him. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he said that he loved it, and then I needed to put it on the album. And even though it was kind of a diss. <laughs> and, um, and Magic, I wrote shortly after, um, just out of a place of insecurity. I was driving my mom's car back from my boyfriend at the time's house, and um, I got lost because it was my first time driving mm -hmm. like, with my license. 
and I got lost. And when I went to call my parents, telling them that I had gotten lost and I was scared to go home by myself, I left the lights on in the car and the car battery died. Oh no. And so I was stranded with like 5% on my phone. And, um, and then I like wrote lyrics for magic and got home and, and made it. Um, but yeah, so that whole like burned your battery lyric and all, yeah, that, that was just like me being stranded out, like in the half wilderness, afraid to drive on the highway. Um, a lot of the songs, it's not like I really like sit down and say like, I want to write. It kind of is just like, okay, it's like 2 a.m. and I'm kind of drunk and I like something's happening and I need to make sure it like gets through or, you know, like it just kind of is like, I don't really have too much of a choice. Um, yeah. But, but I think that the spur of the moment lyrics are usually the best. Definitely. It seems like you're, it's almost like experiences that you have that you're kind of ruminating on and I'm still thinking about, and then it kind of comes forward as a song too. Yeah, it's definitely therapy in that sense. Um, a lot of my thoughts are usually, usually end up rhyming. <laughs> That's lucky. That's a gift. Hold on to that. <laughs> Thank you. That's so neat. Well, there's so much that you've kind of packed into Girl Almighty and stuff, and there's so many experiences of your own that you've learned from, but I'm kind of wondering maybe what's something that you want your listeners to get out of it? Um, as silly as it sounds, I never pictured so many people would actually listen to it. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I released it. I mean, you always hope, but I didn't th- put too much thought into, into like what they would what other people would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess is good. Now I put a lot more thought into it. Um, I don't know how that's going to affect the music, but we'll see. Um, but I think now I hope that people will at least be able to relate to it um, in the way that it helped me, where sometimes when I write songs, I think, is there another song out here that in the world that like reflects this feeling that I know? Mm-hmm. If there is, I'll put it on and listen to it until the feeling goes away. And if there's not, then I write a song. And I hope that if somebody feels that same feeling, they can put on, like, I can't swim and listen to it until the feeling goes away. Yeah. Just just so, like, they have something to um, to pass the time so they know that, that they're not the only person that's felt it. I love that so much. And that's something that I do personally is when I, whenever I'm in like a certain mood or I'm expressing this sort of like emotion that it's usually one that I don't like and that I don't want to cope with. I start listening to whatever song I think is going to heal that experience until it's something that I feel like I can confront or surpass at that point and everything. And like, um, that's cool that you have that vision for your music in that sense of like being able to kind of provide that to somebody. Oh, I mean, I, I think, that's what any person that really loves music and makes music like once. I think it's crazy that people even listen to it at all, let alone listen to it for the intent of like feeling better or mm-hmm. like feeling like a void or something, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think your music is definitely able to do that because um, it's interesting. I was actually th- listening to Boys a lot today, your new single. <laughs> For that reason, I was just like, ooh, this, this, this like is suiting a mood that I'm in right now. So that was really a really great song. Can you kind of talk about that one? Yeah, of course. Um, I did that one with Bob Bowling too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote it more recently. And it was, I was going through a time in college where I was staying up extremely late. Mm-hmm. Everybody was not really doing as much homework as I probably should have been doing. Um, experimenting with like, with like drugs and like with, um, just like making new friends that I probably wouldn't have made before Mm -hmm. and I felt kind of like lost and I was seeing a lot more nighttime than I was seeing daytime oh wow and um so I just felt like very dark and very um I was I was pissed like I went through like a breakup and like wanted to like spite the person I was I had broken up with um and so that's kind of what happened I think romantic frustrations um definitely bubbled into that song Mm -hmm. yeah I get that because I I can feel kind of your frustration in that one but I also I took a bit of a feminist twist on it too and I was listening to it because it's like the whole 
boys can't handle me. And I'm just like, yeah, they really can't. <laughs> Whether it's romantically or otherwise. Yeah, totally. Um, and especially when you go to like art school or like mm -hmm. art college, you're always going to get the boys that are like feminists mm -hmm. to, to sleep with you or, yeah. or like feminists. So you give them the time of day and then you realize that they're not at all or, you know, it just, and then you like, is it all a scheme and then you just get frustrated and you always end up with like boys just can't handle all you have to offer definitely and I like <laughs> that's all I could think at one point because I've had so many times in life where it's just like if I had had that thought in my head to begin with there it's like oh yeah you just can't handle me that's it that probably would have helped a lot with uh, some confidence and some self-esteem stuff at one point so that's really great that you were able to kind of like realize that at this stage and then be able to share it with other people yeah thank you thank you i i'm glad too i mean i credit my mom <laughs> yeah did she kind of talk you through that experience oh yeah she ever since i was little she's made me feel like i have something to offer besides what society wants you to as a woman um she's always made me feel like i was special and um like my music was more important than any, than, than the way I looked or the, you know, or the way that I dressed or that like putting all my all into my songwriting mm -hmm. was the most important, more than any relationship. And, um, and yeah, if that wasn't for her instilling that in me my entire life, I don't think I would be as confident as I am. That's huge to have somebody just immediately help you realize your self-worth in that sense and kind of just keep cultivating that in you at such a young age is so important. Like starting from as far back as you can, it goes such a long way because that's how you're able to kind of face that stuff head on. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the rest of my family too, I have a mostly woman family. I have one boy cousin. <laughs> so it's kind of just like sitting around. I've heard a lot of, um, a lot of complaints about men. Yeah, um, my whole life from from, <laughs> aunts, from from my grandmas, from my mom, like so the boys can't handle me. Line is just kind of something I've heard a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but that's good. Whenever you have that kind of culture around you and stuff, because that can just be so empowering. Oh, it definitely was. It, it still is. Yeah, that's so as, great. As someone who's like single and in college, like nobody is in any way pressuring me to find a boyfriend anytime soon they're very happy that I'm single and focusing on music <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm sure keep you focused on the things that matter to you ultimately mm -hmm. that's so great well you've done a lot of new creative things too in the sense of like having your new music video and stuff what was it like creating that and remind me which song it was for again it was for boys oh awesome awesome so what was it like um I asked my friend Kayla and my friend Sam to be a part of a music video with me. Um, Kayla and Sam are filmmakers at my school. Mm -hmm. We're all freshmen. And um, it was finals week. We were all tired. We were all caffeined out. And um, they did not hesitate at all to just go extremely hard and film everything they possibly could for a full day. That's amazing. lucky with the class to be on the music video um it was all women working on it which was something that felt really good to me um uh, yeah a jar of fake blood and and two boys to be in the music video with us um Indo and Sebastian both extremely talented and very handsome boys <laughs> and um it was just a lot of fun we filmed me on top of a CVS parking garage roof Oh, that's awesome. That's where that was? Yes. <laughs> that's amazing. And I stood on like this pillar and I told my mom there was like a roof below on the other side. So she mm -hmm. wouldn't freak out. Um, she's going to hear this, but there, and she's going to be mad, but there wasn't. Um, <laughs> and, um, and that was scary, but I knew it was going to look really cool. And we also, we shot so much in one day that I was walking to the school dining hall in a dress and heels, like a velvet dress and heels for the music video with blood on my mouth, fake blood. 
And um, everybody was looking at me on Broad Street like I was an alien. I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, I hadn't eaten all day and it was 5 p.m. because the time passed so quick. And I almost passed out on Broad Street and had to sit down. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. A lot yeah. of dedication to your art there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was a little too much dedication, maybe. Um, but we got the video that I really wanted, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. That's so awesome you were able to collaborate with, like, your fellow freshmen to make that possible, too. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, now that I'm thinking about it, um, I've thought about it afterwards, and I was thinking, like, I don't, I don't really know if, if everybody does this kind of stuff so much. Like, if they're just, like, constantly, like, let's do this, let's do this. Yeah. Um, but when I was doing it, I wasn't really thinking of it for, like, the bragging rights or anything. I just genuinely had this, like, idea of, like, fake killing men in a music video and, like, how that would look and, like, how cool that would be to, like, have out in the world. And I, and then it was just, like, my friends that, um, that are way too talented for, for me, like, extremely talented. I don't know how I even, like, know them. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of honored that I'm around the people I am every day. Definitely. Was it cathartic at all to pretend to fake kill guys? Oh, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I rewatch it a lot. <laughs> that's awesome I love that <laughs> oh my gosh and then like to be able to support other women in that sense that we're also the creators with you is so awesome I'm glad that you have that attitude already I I really genuinely don't know how lucky like I, I don't understand how lucky I've gotten um I don't think I ever will I don't know anybody else that could have done the music video better and could have been more supportive without question, I would just throw an idea out and they'd be like, yeah, let's do it. That's so cool. Top of a roof for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Are you going to make another music video for any of your music? Yeah, of course. I have to now. I loved it so much. Um, <laughs> and I'm hoping maybe sooner than later, but we'll see. I'm just going to focus on the music. I'm debating doing an EP or dropping a few singles this summer. Oh, that sounds awesome. So you're writing right now? Yeah, I've been writing. I have um, an album and two EPs worth of songwriting material that I have to get out. Wow. It's, yeah, I, I wrote like so much this year, um, which is great. But now it's an issue of like money and studio time and things like that. But we're making it work. That's so awesome to hear. And it's great that you're staying motivated. Would you say kind of the excitement of like releasing the record and then like this uh, music video and single have kind of kept you motivated? Yeah, for sure. Um, I wake up every morning for music. I don't know what else I would do if I, if it wasn't for music. Um, maybe work at like Walmart. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's music or nothing. So I'm kind of just going balls to the wall with it. I love it. I love that attitude because that's going to take you so far in your career. That's for sure. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, what are your other plans for 2019? Are you just kind of focusing on writing and trying to get some music out? Are you going to play more shows or try to tour? Everything for 2019. Um, I am going to try to do a tour when I have any break in school. Um, probably like a winter break tour and um, maybe a summer one too. And I want to play in DC and I want to play all over the East Coast. Um, I have first time tomorrow night. And, oh, awesome. Um, so we can only get better. So I'll probably go on tour with them. And um, I'm also writing and going to the studio already. So maybe I'll have new material next month or the month after that, who knows? Um, I'm just gonna keep going as hard as I can without like dropping dead in Broad Street. <laughs> That's the key. Don't drop dead on Broad Street. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Well, one of the questions I always like to ask my guests kind of toward the end of an interview is about kind of some possibly lofty goals, we'll find out. But if you could play with any three artists or bands that can be currently active, where you can bring them back from the dead, who would it be? I could bring them back to the dead, from the dead? Yeah, you've got sudden witchy powers. Okay. Um, I can't even think about dead artists. I'm just gonna do a live ones. Um, 
the bill would be, I would open up for them, obviously. Um, <laughs> Tori Amos. Mm-hmm. Tyler, the creator. Oh, wow. I like that. And, um, I'm thinking about, about who it really would be, because I need to give a genuine answer here. Um, Bikini Kill. Oh, I love that. That's so awesome. That would be a really great show. And actually, I think it'd be a really cool collab between you and Tyler, the creator, now that you mentioned that one. Tyler, the creator is like my top three artists of all time. I love it. I love it. And like, you know, with Bikini Kill, they're active now. So you never know. Oh, it's over. (laughs) Once, um, once my next few singles, like, start to like hit mainstream one day. Yeah, me and Bikini Kill. I think it's a marriage. We'll see it happen. I'm, I'll be watching and waiting. That's for sure. I always end up seeing really cool shows happen. So sending you all the good luck vibes for that. I think you're blessing me a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I aimed to do. That's for sure. Oh my gosh. Kennedy, it's been so awesome talking to you. Where can everybody keep up with you online? Um, Instagram at makeoutgrrl is where I'm most active. Um, same handle for Twitter. And I also have a website now at makeoutgrrl.com. Awesome. Well, everybody, make sure that you uh, follow Kennedy on all the social media. Check out all the music. Stay tuned for even more, it sounds like. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on.
heard Kennedy Shaw. Thank you so much to Kennedy for reaching out and sharing her music and what she's accomplished so far. It's so important to me to share the music and efforts of artists at all ages and stages in their careers and to expose y'all to a variety of people that we may have never heard of. And Kennedy is on the path to having some seriously huge accomplishments as a musician and as an artist. So be sure to follow her on social media to keep up. She is one to watch for sure. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. For more news, thoughts, feels, playlists, and just more podcast episodes, please visit angrygirlmusic.com. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work, and let's chat. Till next time, stay angry and get creative. Gotta be